Hey guys, welcome to the Revlet Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues ranging from the pressures of materialism in the social media age to protecting our mental health and even relationships as originally designed by God. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode, and I'm your host, G what <laughs> let's get started welcome to this episode of the Revlet podcast on this episode we have two of our amazing parents and a few young adults who are joining us for this session the whole purpose of this episode is to encourage both parents and young adults to understand one another without suspicion on the part of the parent and anxiety on the part of the young adults the last time we discussed this we spoke with our young adults and they had a lot of issues bothering them and also parents waiting and um they gave us their insights. So now we want, from your own perspective, why you think young adults are being by parents. Times have changed. Parents are changing as well. The world is changing. And these children are away. They have an understanding of what is going on, what they want. We, a lot of our teenagers are very confident. They are very exposed. They have, to an extent, knowledge of what is expected of them. They know what is wrong or right. In my own opinion, I think that teenagers of this generation are quite matured or they see themselves as they have it all covered. So parents need to just sit back, relax, and watch them do their thing. But unfortunately, as a parent, it's like a reflex act. We cannot see ourselves just sit back. One way or the other, we want to be involved. Yeah, so that's why I think. First of all, I, I think the, um, most of the conflicts that arise uh, borders on trust. You see, um, as, as long as teenagers realize that your parents are actually supposed to be your best friends. Um, I tell you, your friends can give you advice based on what they want. Your friends can also give you advice based on envy. They can give you advice sometimes based on what they know, not deliberately wanting to mislead you. To a large extent, what you turn out tomorrow is a reflection of how you were raised badly and also societal influence on you. Every parent wants their son or daughter to grow up and be very successful and all that. So when we see some things that we think that, because remember we are one teenager, right? We've gone through this phase before. So sometimes you don't want your children to make the same mistakes you made. You want them to learn from your mistakes instead of making them themselves. Because sometimes it can be very costly. Some people don't get over it. It's like, as long as you're able to explain these things clearly, you have your child's confidence, you're able to forge that relationship, that they know that, look, you mean them well. I mean, my daughter, who is even 13 now, there are a lot of things she doesn't want me to do, right? She just wants to have her own space. She wants to do what she wants and all that. But we just can't let that happen. Because you don't have enough experience. You don't know a lot. You may think you know, but we've gone through this thing. So we just don't want you to make the mistakes with some of us have made. That's my opinion about that. Thank you, sir. So talking to the teenagers in the house, um, or rather young adults, sorry. <laughs> 
what major issues would you like our parents to shed more light on? Okay, I feel our parents should shed more light on the issue of dating. Okay, yes. First of all, um, I think dating should start at the point where maybe psychologically and uh, there's some level of maturity. Because you see, there are a lot of things that somehow a lot of people have been destroyed. You are a function of the people that, that are around you. You understand? Now, for me, when it comes to dating, I think you should start at a point where teenagers are matured enough to handle some things. I mean, what, what we mean by dating is having a friend, isn't it? No, like having a boyfriend. So I like the fact that she clarified the dating part as in having a boyfriend because that word dating for a teenager is a very big word to me. <laughs> so I'm very practical with my daughter when it comes to this boy-girl thing relationship because I understand that at this age of their life, emotions are flying everywhere, which is very normal. Now, one thing that teenagers should realize, and I tell my daughter, it is natural that at this age, you are being appreciated or being noticed by the other sex, which most often turns out to boy asking girl out, girl having feelings for boy. It's very natural, but there is a limit. There's no harm in having a friend. There's no harm in having a boyfriend. If we actually want to define the word boyfriend, is a friend that is a boy. Mm. Then my question is, and where there is a red flag is, what is it about this relationship that you want to guard that nobody should have a say, nobody should see it, it's just between both of you at this age? Apart from relating, discussing, sharing your what you like, what else? What else are you expecting? And most often, if we are being practical here for the teenager that asked, is sex. Because I have, I have my children invite the other sex to the house. And sometimes I sit down there, they are just gisting movies. And I ask my daughter, outside this conversation, is there anything else? So ask yourself, this relationship, outside the interaction and everything, is there something else you want that parents shouldn't be aware of, the world should not be aware of? If they're healthy, then no parent will succumb to that. No parent. Hmm. Wonderful. Thank you very much. My question is, uh, what do you think about like parents showing like affection and like how it causes, how the lack of it causes like trauma, like emotional trauma? Okay, how a lack of emotion or love from parents? Yes, sir. Okay, yes. You, you, you know the thing is, most children who grow up are not are not able to show affection and love. Most relationship that you see is a function of where what people get back from where. I think that parents owe their children a duty to love them. Right? To love them, to protect them, to provide for them, right? Because the family unit is supposed to be the primary core. So if you don't love your children and you don't show them you love, someone else is going to show them negative. Exactly. And they are going to grow up either hating you and thinking that the other person loved them. And it may turn out to be in a very negative way that could destroy them. Most women who grow up very confident are women who have their parents, particularly their father, show them love, right? Stand up for them. And that way, there's nothing else you're going to tell them. You understand? And so most women who grow up damaged are women who grow up from homes where they see domestic violence, that their parents don't provide. And so so they end up being very unstable. So it becomes very easy for them to go out there and then someone else tell them something and they believe it, not knowing that it's absolutely not true. Quite unfortunate for children who grow up local homes or who grow up in homes where there's so much violence. Because some way, they try to get it somewhere else and they may get it from the wrong places. But you know how 
when they say like I don't want to make the kind of mistake I made. Yes. In this generation, some actions yes. that were made then and were mistakes yes. are not really mistakes now. Like what? Because sometimes okay, like- I feel like when too much affection is shown and then the parent yes. becomes very very overprotective. Yes. And it's always saying, Don't do that, don't do that. When the child giving the leakless amount of space or freedom, he or she always wants to know like why did they say I shouldn't do this? So I feel like parents should make us understand what they don't want us to do rather than to just say don't do it and parents like parents nowadays do not uh, do not say don't do this because it's going to happen you just say don't do it and you expect that because i've said don't do it then it shouldn't be done okay let me give you a practical instance can i come in yeah now all my children are very different they're not not no two of them are the same do you understand Uh, I have a daughter that is very responsible. Um, she's very loving. I have another that is, she's very independent-minded. She wants to try new things and all that. So they're not the same, right? Growing up, it was the same. I had a brother who, if you give him space, he will run into trouble within the shortest possible time. You, you understand? So these things are, they're not two people. When children say, my parents are this, many times it's a function of what you, what we see. There are children that you can give a little space and they take advantage. You see, freedom is never given. You, 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 for some reasons, you take it. So your action, your sense of responsibility, your sense of duty, your sense of how you handle the freedom that is given to you is what determines the amount of freedom that you get. Based on what we've been discussing since, can you just share a few words of wisdom? Okay. I would say to the teenagers, and like I said in the last podcast, we parents, in as much as you think that we parents, we know it all, the way you are growing, that's how we too, we are growing. You know why? The way my own mother trained me, I cannot train my daughter the same way. The world has changed. And every time I look at my own teenager, I'm always on my toes trying to see how I can get it right. So as you think that we are attacking you, we too, we have a battle on our own because the world has changed. Your your own output is not totally a function of your parents' upbringing. The world is contributing. Your friends are contributing. Social media is contributing. So at the end of the day is a storm of all this put together. So as parents, my children laugh at me that I'm old school. I don't know what's up. You know, I need to struggle with that. Be on top of the game. Know what, what's happening and at the same time, give them the values that they need. So, you two try and understand that parents are in this with you. We do not have it all covered. So, it's not a competition. We are not competing. We are not waiting to say, Shia, I told you, you will fall. No, we are in it together. And we appreciate it. I'm talking now from a place of a mother and a parent. I have two teenagers. I'm sure your parents will appreciate it as well. If you can open up, let us know. Sometimes, sometimes even me as a mother, I might be difficult to approach because I'm a mother. They try and speak up. I have realized that they speak to only their friends. And like what Mr. just said, your friends can only tell you as much as they know. And how much do they even know more than you? So please, let's work together. Let's handle this trial, these challenges, this pressure together. And you'll see that you will look back and you will smile. Okay, so before the teenagers put in their two cents, um, I would like yeah. to, for the parents, is there anything you would like to understand from their own perspective? So why do you think that we will never understand why do you think that 
you know you know what you are doing you know the outcome what is it that is giving teenagers that confidence that they can handle it so parents don't come into my space that's something i really want to understand why do you think you can go through this teenage life by yourself first of all i feel like it's not always conscious Sometimes as we grow, we just feel like, okay, I'm already a teenager and I should be able to handle things myself. And so they feel like they need a little bit of space, which I feel like we need a little bit of space. <laughs> and for example, I'm very bad at communication. I don't really know how to express myself to other people when I feel like. So sometimes that's, that's, that may be a problem. And some parents are not understanding, like because of maybe in the past, they have tried to do some things and the way you have reacted at that time has stuck in their heart. It's stuck in their heart. So they're like, you know what? If because of I did this and then my mommy could do this to me, how would she feel if I tell her I have a boyfriend? How would she feel if I tell her that, oh, there's this guy coming to text me? Or how would he feel? How would my dad feel if I tell him I'm this or I'm that? So sometimes, maybe some things that you guys have done to us in the past that just sticks and they're like, you know what? If I did this once and my mommy felt this way about it, I'm not sure she would like to take this in. And I'm not even ready to know what she wants to take about it. So sometimes it's conscious, it's conscious and sometimes it's not conscious. We don't waste just one time things on our own. Okay. I feel most parents feel everything they say or know is the best for us without actually I, I taking do. our own intention to heart. That's what I feel. So I think they should be more open to understand us, try to understand our person and also learn to trust. But shouldn't you also learn to open your own heart and learn to trust them as well? It's a two-way thing. Yes. Oh, like, I, tr- I trust my mom, but there are certain things. Like, it's the reaction. Like what people said, reaction from the past. So when you remember, like, oh, I can't say this again, it's going to come back again. The reaction, and most most youths or teenagers don't like being shouted out or being um, aggressive too. So they tend to like draw back to avoid such scenario again. I feel like parents also need to like listen. Like even when we try to like talk to them, like I feel like they need to listen and like understand our point of view. And we also need to do the same. And I feel like parents should be open-minded. This has been my point. They should be open-minded to learn that things that I learned may not work for my child. So they should also know that day by day we're all learning. And sometimes if maybe they have tried one technique on training their child and then it doesn't work, they should try another thing. Growing up, they beat me a lot. Like, I feel like that's how I was training. You know, if you do this thing wrong, when I come back home, I'm going to face it. The drum is in the house. But And there's some children that no matter how much you beat them, nothing is entering. True. And all they want to do is just show yeah. me love and let me talk to you and I want you to understand and talk to me too. So I feel like and parents you know that how you were trained doesn't doesn't mean it can't work but they should also learn that we're in the 21st century things are changing and i feel like they shouldn't completely change because of things are changing but they should at least embrace a little bit of change that will help us communicate better okay so if i understand you clearly what you're saying is things that have been learned can be unlearned yes or just or or rather improved Mm, wonderful so basically it's to find better ways at doing things and not just conforming to the same old ways and it's not even also about adapting everything that is new or knowing what is accessible and how to now use it yes okay thank you I agree to a large extent. And uh, we also think that we don't listen a lot. Yes, to a large extent as well. Then also, like you said, no two strategies can work. For instance, growing up, if you beat me, I'm happy. If I do something wrong and you bring a cane, I feel that I'm paying the price. I'm happy. Right? 
But if my father tells me, look, you disappointed me today, I was I was this and spoke to me, that hurts me more. But for some people, that may not hurt them. So I'd rather you sit me down and say, look, I need you to do this because of social things. Let's think it through. So I grew up thinking that, look, that's the best way. But some parents would think that, oh, bring a game, put them on the floor, flog them and all that. Yes, you may you may get them to be scared, right? But you may not end their trust. The comments from the teenagers, I would say, well, so to an extent, guilty as charged. You can't blame us. But remember, I said that as you guys are growing, the world is changing. We parents too. We are growing. The comments on reaction, I get that totally. I get that. I really understand. It's a struggle sometimes. Some parents cannot even hold themselves. They hear something, they just react. It's later they now settle down. And that puts off a lot of teenagers, a lot of children. But you know what? Like I said, it's a journey that you, you made mistakes yesterday. Tomorrow you can change. Every day we are all growing. And I keep telling my children, this thing called trust. You cannot be falling every day on the same issue and you expect your parents to trust you. Come on, guys, we need to move. If you keep falling and falling, you keep, that means you keep going back to the drawing board. You can't make progress with your parents. And the effort needs to come from you. You need to show them. Because it's not just saying, mommy, you need to trust me, that you need to trust me. I need to see it. And if I can't see it, unfortunately, we can't trust. So it's work on your side, on our side. Once you can do the work, parents, you start moving. You start moving. And at the end of the day, you've gained the trust. So we've gotten the feedback. And I know that a lot of parents are working on it. We will not say because the world is changing. Then we will not lower our guards or reduce the standard. The word of God will not be changed. The standard of God can never be compromised. We will only find a way to deliver it better. Well, I have a question. With all we've been saying, there's been heavy talk on the fact that parents want the best for their children and parents will do whatever it takes to bring out the best in their children. Well, can we also agree that there are parents who are negatively influencing their children? I remember when I was in college, um, just before my GCSEs, I was about, what, 14? And I had both Caucasian and African um, colleagues that their parents were talking to them about how to have safe sex and how to even meet a boy and how to do all... And these are things that my parents in Nigeria would be like, are you crazy? What are they telling you? Now, they were not necessarily advising me, but this is what other parents were telling their children, were even equipping them with such tools. So what would you say to children that are being negatively influenced by their parents, children who are already facing so much built-up negativity in both their character, their behavior, and their actions. How can they overcome it? Because they really should not be listening to such. Now, for those kind of children who have parents who bombard them with this kind of information, who have this kind of thing, it's the grace of God. Mm. It depends on who they meet. Did you get the point? Yes, if they meet children from other homes that are children who are well brought up, two things will happen. Whoever you meet on you positively on it. Exactly. You, you get the point. So if they are lucky to meet children from good homes who are well brought and they are they maybe they, those children have a lot of influence on, on them so that they believe in them, they are most likely going to either discard what they've been taught at home and take and that's where these things matter because who you have as your friend determine what you will believe and what you won't believe to some extent. You understand? Especially if you have if you can't get that at home. Because you're gonna get it from somewhere. And that's the point when sometimes when we talk about about sex education and parents some parents don't want to talk about it and all that yes if you don't talk about it yes at some point they're going to get it from somewhere exactly 
as we speak, the whole world is contributing to the upbringing of a child. It has a good side, it has a bad side. Now, going back to that example that Chidima gave that a parent is advising on safe sex. The parent has done that because that is how far or how much she thinks she can handle the situation. Remember I said that parents right now are struggling with how to balance this evolving world. So I'm sure that parents are sad and say, you know what? I cannot stop this child from having sex. Sex is now the order of the day. You are seeing, you are seeing children getting pregnant. People like mothers are even advising their daughters to get pregnant before they get married. Exactly. So I think that parent, what she thinks is, you know what? This is the situation before me. This is what I think I can do to avert the the worst case scenario. And that's why I said parents are struggling with how to balance it with the word of God. Like this is just the last tip. I feel like our parents should learn to be a little bit apologetic. Because sometimes when our, our parents feel like they can't offend us and we have feelings and sometimes what they do to us actually makes us feel sad and then they have refused to actually say oh okay sorry i know that i did this wrong and i'm sorry some parents just feel like anything they have done is right and then if you have a problem with it you should face it in your room i think parents should apologize to their children yes you can tell your child look oh sorry about what happened because I mean, that's also part of the training. You understand? If you expect that children should apologize when they do something wrong, it, it should be both ways. You know, sometimes it's not about being wrong or right. It's just about the fact that you misunderstand people or you absolutely even get it wrong because you're human. You know, parents should create an avenue for us to be able to open up to them because so many things out there want to tell their parents so many things. Just about they feel what they feel about their reaction. That's what set them apart. So parents should create an avenue for their children to open up to them. I I feel like parents should know that we teenagers are we teenagers are not intentionally being I don't know what to use, but also know that we're not intentionally we don't intentionally want to be independent. It's just something that comes with our age. So I also want them to know that as we're growing, as long as they are open to understand us, we are also open to understand them. I want parents to like be more like affectionate because I have friends that are like what their parents like their parents aren't like affectionate enough or even if they are affectionate they like don't show it you know the right way so I just want parents to like be more affectionate and like understanding and like show it in like a good way thank you very much so in essence all I'm hearing is for every young adult out there you are light but it's up to you to either dim that light or let it shine bright. So it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter who your friend is. It doesn't even matter what social media is saying to you. And those who might be struggling to take in all your awesomeness, they will have to conform to your ways because you are a child of God. And on that note, thank you all for joining this episode. And we hope to have you all again on Revlet. Thank you. Thank you thank for joining. You. Bye. Thank you. Bye.